Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm going to read you some more of Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland. The Cuckoo Clock Secrets book is part of our Switzerland adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. Chapter 3 of Cuckoo Clock Secrets in Switzerland Zermatt and Cheese Fondue The following day, the family packed up their things and set off for the quaint little town of Zermatt. The main language spoken in Zermatt was German, and the town was right at the foot of the Matterhorn Mountain. Wren had confided in Libby about the robotic bugs that she had bought, and Libby giggled and looked meaningfully at the boys a few times, which made them look back at her with raised eyebrows and questioning looks. Shh, we must wait for the perfect moment, whispered Wren to Libby. They walked down the snow-covered pavements and down the road which had been cleared by snowblowers to the funicular station. They caught a funicular down to Sierra and then transferred to the train. It was a challenge with all the bags, but they had become rather good at it. We'll be staying the night in Zermatt in a Swiss chalet, said Mum. The lady that owns the chalet lives downstairs. We'll be staying upstairs. The train journey was an hour long and passed quickly as the children were occupied with looking out the windows and chatting about their adventure. They went through a deep snowy valley and caught a glimpse of the Matterhorn Mountain just before the train pulled into the station at Zermatt. Everyone grabbed bags and backpacks and clambered out onto the platform of Zermatt Barn. Dad found a place where they could hire a locker to leave most of their baggage. They packed their suitcase, a couple of backpacks and the laptop into the locker and closed it. This would simplify things for them as they walked around the little town. They would be able to collect their luggage later in the day before going to the chalet where they would be staying that night. I'll take this backpack, said Jake. It's got our snacks in it and I want to make sure that no horses eat them, he grinned. Horses, inquired Libby. I can see horses pulling carriages out there and some of them look a bit suspicious to me. Ha ha, very funny, said Libby, as she and Jake giggled at each other. Zermatt is in a valley surrounded by the largest collection of tall mountains in Europe. Look, there's the Matterhorn. Dad pointed to one of the mountain peaks that towered over the little town. It's magnificent. Some of these mountain peaks are 4,000 meters high. We are near Italy, but very steep mountains separate the two countries. What a tall snowy mountain, exclaimed Jake. Look at Tiffany. She's staring all around. She loves the trains and the snow. She loves eating the snow too, said Libby, and gave Tiffy a little ball of snow. Tiffy promptly popped it into her mouth and pulled a funny face when she felt the icy coldness on her tongue and teeth. Libby giggled at her expression. Only about 5,000 people live here in Zermatt, said Dad. That may sound like a lot, but it's actually a small number compared to most towns. There were small electric vehicles to drive people to their hotels, as well as horse carriages with beautifully decorated horses. The children looked with interest at a vendor who was selling bratwurst, a type of German sausage, from a street cart. He was warmly wrapped up in his scarf, hat and gloves. Houses were scattered throughout the tiny town, which consisted of three main streets parallel to the river and numerous cross streets. 
They walked along the main Bahnhofstrasse, past the five-star deluxe Zermatterhof Hotel, a beautiful old church building and a clay tennis court which was covered in snow. The shop windows held Swiss cowbells, music boxes and porcelain dolls. There were bakeries dotted through the streets with rich delicacies in the windows. Ski equipment and hiking shoes were for sale. So, said Dad, how about a ride in a horse carriage? Yippee, shouted the children. They walked up to two horses that were hitched to a beautiful red carriage with large red wheels. The horses were decorated with fancy horse brasses, blinkers and a smart black leather harness. This is a bay horse, said Wren, because it's got dark brown body with black mane and tail. Hello, Mr. Bay, Jake joked. Dad helped Mom into the cart and passed Tiffany to her. He boosted Libby up, made sure the older three were in, and then helped the driver load the stroller in the back of the cart. He climbed in himself, and they set off down the cobble street. The houses were quaint with beautiful shutters and latticing, and the pretty streets were backdropped by the stunning snowy mountains. For a while, everyone just enjoyed looking at the view. Isn't it interesting that Zermatt is the sunniest part of Switzerland, even though it's surrounded by mountains, commented Dad. The mountains keep the clouds away. Wren looked at Libby and winked, and then quietly flipped the little switch on the battery-powered robot bug in her hand and dropped it into Rome's backpack, who was sitting next to her. Libby burst out laughing. What's up with you today, said Rome crossly. You keep being silly. Did you know it's against the law to drive cars in Zermatt, said Mom, changing the subject before an argument erupted. Only those electric cars are allowed. That's why it's so peaceful here. Not much noise. Bicycles are allowed in the town, but you have to walk them along the main street. If you ride them there, you'll get a ticket from a policeman. The horse cart jiggled up and down. Tiffany made a humming noise in her throat as she was bounced by the carriage. Libby giggled at her. It's against the law to giggle on a horse and cart, said Jake in a funny voice, and Libby gave him a playful shove. The bench on this carriage is a bit weird, said Rome. It feels like it's vibrating. The rubber bug had burrowed its way down into his backpack and was motoring around at the bottom. It made a slight buzzing noise as the bug vibrated against the canvas. The noise couldn't be heard over the clip-clop of the horse's hooves, but Rome could definitely feel the vibrations. Wren only just managed to contain her laughter. She coughed to help her cover it and with a straight face asked, What do you mean? I don't know, said Rome. Maybe I'm imagining it. The horse and carriage reached the end of the road and Dad thanked and paid the carriage driver while the others climbed down. They stood near some very old-looking wooden barns. Dad told them that for hundreds of years people had used the barns to store grain. They were built on stilts and had flat round rocks at the top of each stilt to keep out rodents. Rome had a funny look on his face while standing on the sidewalk. He happened to be standing on a metal plate on the sidewalk. This metal plate is definitely vibrating, he commented. Are they drilling in the road nearby? Wren suppressed a grin. Let me see, said Jake, coming to stand with Rome on the metal plate. Just then, Wren managed to walk past behind Jake, switch on the other robot bug and drop it into his backpack. After a moment, Jake spoke up. I can feel it too. It's like a strange buzzing feeling. Mom burst out laughing, happy to have something real to laugh at, so that she no longer had to suppress her laughter at Wren's antics. 
What's so funny, asked Dad, totally in the dark as to what was going on. By now, Mom, Ren and Libby were all just about doubled up with laughter. Let's go this way, said Mom, trying to distract the others. Okay, now the sidewalk is vibrating, said Rome, pausing in his step. He stopped and took off his backpack. I think it's coming from my backpack. He put it down on the sidewalk and crouched next to it. He held his hand up to the canvas at the base of the backpack and looked at the others in surprise. It is vibrating. Wren, what did you do? Wren giggled. Do you dare to stick your hand in there to find out? By this time, Jake had also taken off his backpack and was digging around in it. Not to be outdone, Rome did the same thing and before long the boys had discovered the bugs and pulled them out. Excellent, exclaimed Rome in amazement. Where did you get these? We found them at a shop in Montanar, replied Wren with a grin. They look just like real bugs, cried Jake in delight. They do, so now it's our turn, exclaimed Rome and proceeded to chase Wren along the pavement. When he caught up with her, he slid the bug down the collar of her shirt and it fell inside. Ah, yelled Wren, get it out, get it out. She untucked her shirt and shook it until the bug fell out the bottom. Grab it or it'll go down the drain, she shouted as it hurried off along the street towards the hole. Rome lunged and grabbed it and held it, still vibrating, in his hand. Wren showed him how to switch it off and they returned to the others, still laughing. Okay, said Dad, that was a good one, girls. We are going to go into the Matterhorn Museum now, so let's keep those bugs under wraps. Can you imagine one of them getting loose inside a museum full of unsuspecting tourists? They walked a little further and soon came to the entrance to the museum. This is a fascinating museum about the history of the town and the first climb up the Matterhorn, said Dad. Because Zermatt is such a small town, most of the museum was built underground. Dad went to buy tickets but was told that entry was free with the Swiss Flexi Pass that they had purchased for travel in Switzerland. Much of the museum was displayed as an old Swiss village from the 1800s to the 1900s. It was fascinating to get a glimpse of what life had been like back then. They looked at the displays of the first disastrous attempt to climb the Matterhorn in 1865. Wren shuddered as she looked at the broken rope that was on display. Four of the seven climbers lost their lives, she read. That's so awful. Why did the rope break? asked Jake. Perhaps it wasn't a very good quality rope and simply couldn't hold the weight, replied Dad. It looks to be rather thin. These days ropes are made much stronger and sturdier. Nylon is a very strong material to use in ropes. They watched a movie about helicopter rescues in the Alps and looked at artifacts from archaeological digs in the area. Rome chuckled while switching between the five different languages available for audio descriptions. He didn't understand the German, French, Romansh or Italian, but thought they were rather fun to listen to. You really get a sense of the resourcefulness and professionalism of the Swiss people, observed Mom. They like to do things with excellence. That's true, said Dad. They are very careful to do things properly and precisely. Swiss watches, cuckoo clocks, wood carvings, and many other things from here are some of the best quality in the world. They are made so well that they last for a long time and seldom break. The family left the museum and headed back up the street. All the shops close between midday and 2 p.m. while the owners go home for a rest, Dad told them. It's freezing out here on the streets, so a restaurant is the best place to be during that time. Let's see what we can find. 
They walked along looking at a few places and chose a cozy restaurant called Haus Darioli. It had rustic wooden benches and a view of the mountain. There were wood carvings displayed on the wooden walls and a quartet was playing traditional Swiss music. Did you wipe your feet? Wren asked Jake with a grin when they were settled at the table. Where? Jake asked, confused. On Zermatt, Wren giggled at his blank expression. Mom settled Tiffany with a pouch of baby food to suck on while they all looked at the menus, mouthing some of the strange German words to themselves, like Bundernusstorz and Zürcher Geschnetzelzes. Libby and Wren wanted to have potato rusty, and the others were keen to try the cheese fondue. Soon the waiter brought individual wooden boards with steaming bowls of melted cheese, bread chunks for dipping, and fondue forks to hold the bread with. The smell of the fondue was mouth-watering. This cheese tastes different from what I expected, commented Rome. It's very strong, but I like it. It's probably Emmentaler combined with Gruyere or a Vacheron cheese, Mom told him. All delicious Swiss cheeses. I like the bread and the Rosties yummy. Libby admired her potato rosti pancake. Looks like baked worms, Jake pulled a face at her plate. It does not, Libby responded heatedly. It's made from grated potato. I've seen it at home. It's so warm and cozy in here, Wren tried to distract her brother and keep him out of mischief. I love the fireplace and the Swiss cowbells hung around it. Look, Jake, some of them are huge. They have Swiss flags painted on them, replied Jake. Did you know that the Swiss flag is one of the few flags in the world that is square and not rectangular, remarked Rome. You and your facts, laughed Wren good-naturedly. Where do you store them all? Rome retorted, same place you keep your stories. Wren loved to write and tell stories to the others and she was rather good at it, while Rome loved to read and learn facts about things that interested him. After they had finished their meal, the family went to explore the shops in Zermatt. At a sporting goods store, Jake and Rome spotted some round, frisbee-shaped snow sliders with handles. They're called snow saucers, Dad. We've got to try these, shouted Rome in excitement. How much do they cost, asked Dad. It's seven Swiss francs to hire one and ten francs deposit, which you'll get back when you return it, Rome told him after asking the shop attendant. Okay, son, let's hire one. They brought the red plastic dish with handles out into the snowy streets and looked for a slope on which to try it out. It's a good thing I'm wearing gloves, said Rome. I can't wait to try this thing out. He had the first turn, holding tightly to the handles while spinning in a circle and sliding down the slope. It's awesome, he exclaimed. Jake was next and added to the spinning movement by rocking his body back and forth violently on the way down the slope. He had a wild ride and the snow saucer flipped over and deposited him face down in the snow. Goodness, said Mom alarmed, stepping forward. He's fine, laughed Dad, as Jake got up, spat snow out of his mouth and grinned at them. Just be careful that you don't break the saucer, young man. Dad took Libby for a ride, then Wren went down. They were having such fun sliding that Mom took Tiffany into a shop out of the cold while the others had a few more rides on the snow saucer. A tired and contented little crew wandered back down the street to return the saucer, pick up their luggage and walk to the chalet where they would be staying the night. The chalet was quaint and beautiful with a snow-topped roof. A smiling elderly lady named Frau Hoffmann welcomed them at the door. 
Her English was not very good, but Dad managed to have a brief conversation with her and show her their booking form. Guten Tag, said Libby to Frau Hoffmann, showing off a German phrase she had learnt. Guten Tag, yes, she replied with a smile as she bent down to shake Libby's hand solemnly. Frau Hoffmann showed them upstairs and told them how to work the little stove and the heating controls in their rooms, then left them to get settled. Wren explored the quaint little rooms with shuttered windows and gently sloping ceilings. She went out onto the balcony and looked about her in awe. I'm in Switzerland, she breathed, as it still didn't feel quite real to her. That evening, the family had a hilarious time learning a new English board game about Switzerland that Frau Hoffmann had lent them. It entailed racing your cows up into the Swiss Alps and answering questions about Switzerland along the way. Your right or wrong answers helped you to speed up or slow down your cows. International Discovery Agents, this is your mission. Find out what your nearest train station is. Look at a train timetable online. Find out about mountain climbing ropes. How are they made strong enough not to break? That's all for now. See you next time. 